Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman, episode five. Can you believe we made five episodes? I don't even know how I survived two. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But episode five, um, first four were a lot of fun. Looking forward to this one. Got Ryan Collin here, your host. Yo, yo, yo. What up for show? Bob Collin over here. The older, wiser brother. Better looking one as well. And now you can see us on video. So uh, if you uh, if you agree, just uh, hit that like button and subscribe. <laughs> All right. Who else we got? Don't do that. We don't want you to subscribe. Calling in from the great city of Midland once again. Is it actually a city? Wheel. Yeah, yeah, is it a city, city or is it like a corner like, party store, gas like station? A, oh, like a no. village. <laughs> This is a real city. Real yeah. city. I totally butchered your intro, man. Keep going. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jason Gosto, third wheel. Captain Pirate Jason, he's back. Still broken, but I'm back. Yeah, he's not in studio yet. He's broke-ish. Yeah. Not completely broke in. He's broke-ish now. Yeah. Because he actually got outdoors and did something. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> Yeah, I got all fired up, uh, been cooped up for two and a half months, just started to do a little driving, and I said, fiance's gone, headed out for a cruise, it's me and the dog, let's go do something outdoorsy. So we checked some trail cams, drank some Mountain Dew, ate some beef jerky, and now my foot hurts. <laughs> what's, your dog, what's your dog's name? Steve, Steve, or Stevie, or Stephen King, Steve-o. or Stephen A. King, not Steve-O. No, no, Steve-O? I would call it Steve-O for sure. <laughs> I, I just think Steve, he said it earlier, I think Steve is a, a hilarious name for a dog. Like, yeah. I, I want to name a dog like Kevin or something or George. You know, just something like a total human name. Not like, <laughs> so let know. me get this straight. You, uh, you broke your foot two months ago. Get the, uh, the okay to start walking on it from your doctor. And your first instinct is to take your dog and go check trail cameras in the woods. Exactly. I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> I, I, I don't either. I, I would do the same thing. I would have done that like a month ago, and I'd probably have a more broken foot. Out, That's how I do it. Out there with crutches and a little scooter. I waited as long as I could. Yeah. I waited as long as I could. Um, my fiance, I could still see her taillights down the road, and I was already in the truck headed out. <laughs> kind of like Frozen Stupid, right? Your favorite movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you watch that next time we hang out. Oh, man. So what's been new, guys? Besides Jason, I mean, did you do anything else besides going through the woods? Get get on the water yet? Um, not on the water yet. Nope. I did uh, check the trap line at the cabin. I got a nice uh, trap line set up for mice. And I've been doing really well. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was I was kind of into it for a second. Like, yeah, like, oh, you got a trap? Well, you're really trapping. Like, yeah. okay. I'm like, I did not I, I know he was yeah. in the trapping. I, instantly, I'm like, I mean, man, that could be a podcast. Sweet. Yeah, I don't know anything about trapping. Is it even in season? <laughs> cool. Let's, hey, we can break into that. And then, uh, he's, oh, man. Yeah, I've been uh, leading up to the broken leg. I was going over there and I was ripping them. I was setting four traps and I was... I was flush with mice. I think I was in the, I was in the twenty, twenty something neighborhood. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, and then twenty um, club. 
the 20 club yep and then oh. broke the leg and, and at this moment are you gonna make yourself like a like a mice skin hat or something i you know what <laughs> i actually probably have enough i could make like a mice a mouse thong <laughs> oh there we go banana hammock yeah all right yeah a borat you know deal just we're spiraling we're spiraling out of control right and it is at this moment that everybody has stopped listening to this podcast that's a new record that we're like nine minutes in and there's nobody listening to the rest of this there it's it only gets better because it it can't go downhill so So funny story about the mice just because it's 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 a good one so my father-in-law you both know him he's going to be probably listening to this and laugh when i tell the story um he's had a issue for the last few years with rats because, you know, living down in Detroit, you know, it's what we got. We don't have mice. We have rats that eat those mice. And uh, so he's he's been, you know, watching them out in his backyard, and he shoots them with pellet guns. And then and then he's been hanging them from his basketball hoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hang them by the tail or something? Yeah, hang them by the tail, zip tie them. I, I would do By a, the tail to would, the basketball hoop, I would like, do like exactly, it's a buck pole. Yeah, I would do exactly the same thing, like... <laughs> Here's, here's my trophy. You know, you gotta some, do it. No matter, some, no matter. Some of these do? things are pretty big. It's, uh, it's scary. It's like the first you think they're a possum or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, but yeah, totally derailed. So, all right, getting some ice. Anything else going on up up north? Um, the ice is gone off of that small inland lake, but uh, That's good. yeah, just went and checked on a few things. Like I said, reset the trap line and plan to probably go back over there next weekend and get four more. There you go. There you go. Well, the weather was not very conducive of doing anything outside this week with 50 mile per hour winds. So, yeah. What about no. you? Well, we were supposed to fish today, but uh, again, we got some super high winds. Had a beautiful day. It was a nice bluebird kind of skies out. It was but, chilly, uh, though. Yeah, it was it was kind of chilly this morning, which would have been great conditions had there not been 17-mile-an-hour winds. And Even yeah. though, like, it's fishable, we knew it was going to be a wreck, and we had, some, uh, we had some buddies tell us that the water clarity is absolutely horrendous on the uh, Detroit River, so we decided, yeah. uh, you know what, we, had, we both had kind of a tough week at work, so we were mm-hmm. like, you know what, let's just uh, – Sleeping a little bit. Yeah. We'll call it a day. But other than that, um, nothing much with me. It's the same old stuff. Um, battling like a chest cold. I'm just putting a little disclaimer out right now. I have like a little bit of a sinus Ooh, issue yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, chest uh, cold type issue. So if I cough here on on, on the air or uh, you hear heavy breathing, with that's probably me trying uh, <laughs> trying to get some oxygen in my lungs over yeah, here. But it's overrated. <laughs> Don't, don't worry. worry. Don't worry. I I know for a fact it's not the c word. I won't say what it, I won't say the word, but it's not the c word. I already word. said it. I already said it. Don't say it. <laughs> but other than that, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, that's my weekly report from from Bob Tastic over here. Is that yeah. I'm just uh, yeah. you know hanging out, being cool. You know, the usual. Yeah, that that weather was brutal this week. So I got out on Tuesday, like I said, I was gonna. It was a beautiful day. It was mid sixties. Got out on just a local inland lake, ran my boat around for an hour or so, did a little bit of fishing, washed some lures, had one pike follow. That was it. <laughs> just just a little guy swim behind it, but didn't see anything else. 
obviously zero weed weed growth of any sort and this lake's terrible anyways for fishing so but i got the boat out it ran great um yeah it was good it was good that that lake can be a good lake at certain times of the year yeah but give it another month it's we've gone out there and cleaned up on bass and yeah, you know, it's certain. It's yeah, a certain time of year. Summertime, it's a waste of time. It's the busiest lake like in the area, but it's a good lake because we know it well. And yeah, we got out there and just run the boat around. So my my boat is ready to go. I'm uh, ready to hit the water when whenever. So, but yeah, yeah horrible winds, horrible winds, and uh, had a, a. We both had long weeks at work. Last night I was driving home and stopped at the old party store and grabbed me a case of beer and. Got me some moonshine pineapples. You see those? Yeah, I saw. Didn't you? I think you posted on TikTok. I did. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. What one of them looked kind of. I was like, whoa. So some kind of gross. Somebody introduced <laughs> me to these moonshine. Um, well, they were moonshine pickles. Have you had them, Jason? No, I've seen them at the store though. I'm anxious to hear how they are. So they're they're made by that old smoky brand. They come in like a mason jar. The pickles are phenomenal. They're so good, and they got a kick to them. They're like sixty proof or something like that, but they're good. They're really good. Um, they've got cherries that are soaked in this in the shine. It's not really shine, but it's high potent stuff. Um, and then they have peaches, and my wife loves the the peaches. They're delicious. You can get messed up on them. I have had Old Smoky whiskey. Yeah, I've had. I think there was like a salted caramel one that they have. That's oh yeah, they got pretty, it. That's pretty tasty. And then I have had some. It's good whiskey. Like yeah, sure. it's it's really good. So yeah. last night I stopped. Now I just literally just went in for beer, and I they got this whole big display, and I'm, I stopped to look at it, and the guy uh, at the the register, he's like, "Have you tried those yet?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I've had the pickles, and they had a jar of pineapples there, brand new." And I'm like. Oh, I got to try that. I got to have that. I got to try that, right? And they're like 70 proof. So they're not terrible. It's 35%, but I mean, they'll, they'll get you. And then he's like, did you try the banana one yet? And it's banana cream pudding. Oh, man. There's, there's no fruit in it, but it's just banana cream pudding. And I'm like, you know what? My wife wanted that. I'm like, ah. Oh, that's what you took a picture of. It was a pudding or something. I was like, yeah. what the yeah. hell so, is that? So I was going to buy it, and he's like, here, try it first. And he had a little sample there because he, I don't know if he's just trying to promote or whatever, but he had like a jar that he's in shot glasses he's giving out to people. And so he gave me a shot of it, and dude, that was good. <laughs> it's good. And I, I'm not a huge fan of banana flavored stuff. I'm not a banana fan at all. But it was tasty. And uh, no, Old Smokey's not our sponsor. I'm just saying it is good. It's good stuff. So I took it home, and uh, my wife, I think we killed half of it last night, about half a jar of pineapples and and half a case of beer. So I woke up today. I don't know how well I would have been feeling on the river, but, yeah, they were good. So I I certainly recommend that Old Smokey brand. That That was some good stuff. But that was how my week went, that I was able to kill you know, half of each of those jars and some beers. And, and uh, yeah, it was nice to sleep in today. And then went over to my, my old man's house and got his boat uh, running and kind of had to do the same. We changed his water pump, and we didn't have to do all the steps of, of mine. I remembered all seven bolts. All seven went back in. It all went very smooth. It took us about an hour from start to finish as opposed to three hours, and it took mine. So You're almost a boat mechanic. Um, if yeah. you have a Merc Cruiser Stern Drive Alpha One, I'm your man. Yeah. I'm your man. I can do that because luckily my dad and I have identical engines and stern drives, and he's done everything to his motor 
to taking the engine out, having it rebuilt. We've put an entire brand new lower unit in. So yeah, we've done it all. So I know about that. You get me on your motor. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, Take that, it to a mechanic. Same, same with me. I have no idea what's going on. I, I pull the, <laughs> I pull the cowl off of it, and I'm like, I have no idea. It's just electronics everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So another uneventful week, but I got on the water at least. That was that felt good. Felt really good. So, so like talking about whiskey, like I think that we could we could okay. even bring okay. we could even bring in like a. Uh, like a i don't know a segment into the show where we talk about michigan beer because michigan Ooh. is known for its craft beers and i mean i'm not a huge craft beer dude i'm uh i'm a you know taste the rockies kind of guy yeah, silver, but- silver bullet kind of guy but i do like uh some of the especially the local michigan brews because they're i'm a big fan of awesome. sheboygan brew yeah sheboygan bells mm-hmm. i love bells really? um yeah what's that what's that other one up in uh it's up by traverse i've been drinking a lot of traverse city whiskey Instead of yeah. Crown, I drink Traverse City whiskey. They yeah. got a cherry whiskey, naturally. Cherry from Traverse City, um, but oh. ch- cherry whiskey mixed with Coke. It's like a cherry Coke. Oh, it's delicious. And a couple of those uh, cherries that we. A couple of those there, moonshine right? cherries. That was oh, a, that man, was like, you right. Yeah, that was a camping. Uh, that was a camping drink last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get beard out when you've had like thirty-seven Coors Lights, and you're like, "All right, I need to, I need to change to anything else." Like oh, that was yeah. that was the go-to, and it was that was tasty. That's a good yeah. drink. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, another week down. Um, last episode went really well. Um, we had um, even more listens than episode two. Um, that's um, at the time of airing this. I guess that'd be Turkey Talk. Um, which I didn't think we'd have as many listen to a turkey talk, but we got some turkey hunters in our in our audience. So um, a few of my buddies came back, and they uh, they really liked it. So job well done, boys. Yeah, thank you to our listener, our listener <laughs> who listened to it. You know, x amount of times. Yeah, it was he, me telling you, hey, I like it when you guys talk yeah. about turkey hunting. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank it you. Was weird. It was weird. It was a Midland number, but. <laughs> Thank you for our one listener. So, but no, seriously, thank you to anybody who has listened. We've had a, you know, a pretty pretty good turnout, better than all of us thought we'd get initially. Four episodes in, well, I just uh, posted episode four, but um, definitely better than we had anticipated off the bat. So I appreciate the support. Um, just can't thank you all enough, and hopefully. You still enjoy it. Um, we take any feedback. It's all been positive, really. But if you have any critiquing, please let us know because uh, we want to get better and better. So, yeah, we've had a we've had a ton of fun doing this too. Just hanging right. out, it, we being able to get together once a week and talk hunting, fishing, whatever. Uh, it's it's kind of cool on our end to be able to like you know like <laughs> people will tell people about it or something. And I know at least for me, like I'll say, hey, you know. Do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, check this. You know, I, it's people I know that like hunting and fishing. And they're like, really? You've got a podcast? They're like, look at you, like you're like it's something right. special. Like, hey, yeah. it's just it's just a bunch of hillbillies sitting around talking about yeah. hunting and fishing and stuff like that. But it's uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to be to be able to at least get together once a week and and talk about this stuff because otherwise, yeah. I mean, we'd see each other when we're fishing or right. know, when we're actually doing it, but. Yeah, yeah, especially a, with old peg leg over here. What was that? I mean, we've talked more in the last five I weeks than we've that. talked in, you know, last couple of years because you're traveling just, all over yep. this all over the earth. 
So yeah, that's uh, that's been a cool part too. So definitely, it's been a lot of fun. Um, that's why we're doing this. That's you know exactly um, why. Maybe one day we'll quit our our day jobs and we'll keep we'll keep doing this. But that's not the, not the intention. The intention is really just to have fun. And if it goes there, it goes there. But it's been a lot of fun. So again, appreciate the support. And uh, make sure you, if you like the episode, you like them, give us a review, and uh, make sure you subscribe. So. So this week we got um, a little Q&A session. We've had um, really a, a pretty decent amount of questions come through from our listeners. And uh, we're going to tackle those. We're going to talk about them and um, kind of give our, our opinions on it. Again, reiterating that we do not have any sponsors. So any brands that we, we say, they're, they're because we, we've used them all. We've tried them all. And these are the ones we like. And these are the ones that we trust just because we've used them. Not because anybody's paying me to say it, so just making sure we're clear on that. <laughs> yeah, no sponsors, none. So, um, I mean, all right. If you're interested, I mean, uh, hey, hey, we're we're open to it, but it's got to be a brand that we that we like. So, <laughs> it'd be like I don't know, I don't want the, the Shell gas I'm station. Sh- I'm, I'm not shouting anybody's <laughs> name out if I don't if I don't use your brand. So, all right. So this first one's a good one. Okay. This comes from uh, Dan Williams. I'm going to throw your last name out there, Dan. I know you're laughing when I just said that. So Dan asks, in your time spent together, who outfishes who and who outdrinks who? Oh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It is. So uh, where do we even go? Like... Um, Let's hit it one one piece at a time. Yeah, let's, so, let's let's not focus on the let's, out drinking. Let's let's go with the out. Let's fishing. talk about the fishing. We'll, we'll talk about the drinking, but like, <laughs> and then we'll let's talk about the fishing. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, we totally forgot our our tradition. No. How do we do that? That's your one job. In this <laughs> I, I got one job on this show. And yes. Oh my god. And that, at it. and and Dan specifically, um, that's one of his favorite parts of the podcast. So, on man. his question, we're going to take a snort. So, Dan, this one's for you. Thank you for listening and being a, a, a huge support. And this is the the snorts for you, buddy. The snorts for you. Oh man, do we have to snort each one of these questions? Oh God, we're going to die. I got to drive home tonight. You know what? There you go. There's a couch right over there. That's fair. And tomorrow's <laughs> and tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's Easter, so I, I don't have to drive anywhere, but my wife would kill me. All right, so in our time spent together, who all fishes who? All right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle this. I'm gonna I, I will at least <laughs> let me let me hit on it first. So I'm I'm gonna say that Ryan outfishes me. Ryan outfishes me because I don't know Boom! that I I don't know that I've ever met anybody. Who is as focused on fishing when he's fishing? Me, I'm easily distracted. I don't know if I got ADD and AD elemental P. I have no idea. But um, when it comes to putting the lure in the water, because that's what it really breaks down to when it comes to fishing, is the you're not going to catch anything with the lure not in the water, and that's kind of his concept when he fishes. Is he's constantly pounding the water, and it might not always be the right color might not be in the right depth might not be the right conditions but if it, it doesn't matter if his lure's not in the water he's not catching anything so he makes sure that lure's in the water whereas me i get super distracted i'm you know i might 
I don't know. I'm changing the song on the, you know, on the boat or, I'm, you know, digging for another well, beer. Or I'm taking a break or whatever. Like I, I, he doesn't take breaks and I, I get mad at him sometimes because I'm like, dude, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, sit here and chill for a minute. And he's like, no, we have to catch more fish. So I'm going to definitely say that he outfishes me, that he puts more fish in the boat. However, I will say that <laughs> I don't know how I want to phrase this. Um, I, I I think I do a fair job at putting some large fish in the boat. I think I do a pretty decent job. Where where he I think he's more a little bit more quantity. Where I'm uh, I might I might be able to take you in quality. I don't know. That's that's certainly a fact because in most categories you you've got the the personal best between us, both in, in musky and pike. I don't know about bass. Um, probably equal on bass, but yeah, but pike and musky, you've definitely um, you've you've put the bigger ones in. But you're the captain. I, I am the captain, and it's so, not my job to catch fish. It's my job to, to put people exactly, on fish. So. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I'm the captain. I mean, you, we take your boat out too. It's, yeah, but for years, I mean, we yeah. took your boat because I didn't have one at the time. Or the gambler, yeah, yeah. I got the gambler, and then now you got the new boat that. Jenny, we're going to trust that more. So we're, we're you've been the captain more than I've been the captain. So Captain Jason's rule, the captain's job is to put people on the fish. The captain should not be catching the most fish. Am I right? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, unfortunately, our fishing trips together have been few. But um, watching you to work on the boat when I was with you guys up north – it was awesome, and and you were right. Bob takes pride in positioning that boat, working that shoreline, putting the other anglers, you know, getting us in the right spot. Um, but then on the flip side, Bob, like you said, I don't think Ryan put his rod down, and since <laughs> I was there, he didn't need to because I was standing by the cooler, so I could just pass okay. out whatever he needed. <laughs> right. No one had to take a break. Yep. Um, so See, I there's there's to, times uh, that like I'm fishing so hard that like I'll go an hour and a half and my beer hasn't been touched and I'm like oh I got to remind myself to take a swig of my beer because I'm I'm fishing so hard. My beer never gets warm, <laughs> never gets never. warm. I've always got a cold yeah. one, and and his will be like you know three hours old and I'm like you gonna drink that beer or what? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh it's definitely a team effort, you know and. And, you know, like we were saying, it, if it's my boat, if I'm the one driving the boat, it's my job to put people on the fish. If it's he, if he's driving the boat, it's his job to put, you know, whoever's in the whoever's in the boat on fish. Yeah. I would say he probably, even if we're in his boat, though, he, he outfishes me, though. I will say that. So Ryan wins that round and takes the uh, outfishes me. Well, it depends, though. Like I said, going back to quality versus quantity like i remember years where we go up northern michigan for a week and there's years where you know we put a hundred fish in the boat between the two of us yeah. and you know yeah it might be close to 50 50 might be more 60 40 but like you'll catch you know five pike over 30 inches and i don't catch a single one like there's certainly those years so i don't know if anybody out fishes anybody we all have our strengths but um what I will say though is the the few times I've fished with Jason, 
he used to fish the hell out of me. You know, it's only been a handful of times ice fishing. I know when we went up to your your cabin, uh, I think I caught one, and you caught like six, six or seven. And then the one year we took you up north um, on our big trip, our spring trip, um, I, I remember days you and I went out, and I don't catch a damn thing. You put four or five in the boat, and I'm like, first time rookie, and he's showing me up. So um, I don't think um, I don't think I would count out fishing you um, ice fishing on Kent with two four inch perch. Hey, really. how many how many perch did I catch? <laughs> yeah, okay, two, you're right. Two zip, two zip. Okay. Hey, I will say I will say this about Jason too is that when when I fished with him. Um, up in northern Michigan, um, you know, a little skeptical at first because I don't, you know, a new guy, I don't know him. And, uh, oh, yeah, he likes to fish. He likes to fish. And I'm like, all right, cool. I know lots of people that like to fish, but can can okay. people fish, yeah. you know? And this is a fairly serious trip that we go on. Like, at least back in the day, we, it used to be more serious. But, like, we would go out and we would fish hard. I mean, I'm talking 16-plus hours a day. Yeah on the water and so when we when you introduce somebody new to the boat i was kind of skeptical at first and then watched the guy work for uh you know a couple hours and thoroughly impressed thoroughly impressed with the, the way jason could fish the way he could work he actually i i watched him work we talked about that that zero spook mm-hmm. and worked it in some stuff that i never would have even tried to do it in and and i watched him catch fish doing it and i was like Oh shit! Like this guy knows what he's doing, and uh, and he had so much, uh, you know, with his background in fish biology and stuff like that. He had so much to teach us in that week. I was like, man, yeah. this guy's good, man. He's yeah. really good. I, and I was, I, I had a great time that weekend. And not only that, but like the, all the other shenanigans mm-hmm. that came along with. We talked about that with the the sweet brown and the you know the yeah. you know the dancing <laughs> on the boat and the falling asleep on the on the kitchen table of the cabin and stuff like that. So like. Yeah, hats off to Jason. Like he was—he's a—he's—he's a, he's better. I think he's better than I am for sure. So, um, so but we, yeah, did, like, we didn't answer that question at all. No, no. So to answer your question, uh, I have no idea. I have no idea who's a better fisherman. Like we, we both, we both hit it hard when we hit it. Yeah, I think we all have our strengths. All three of us have our strengths in, in different categories and different aspects. And uh, when we put them to use, uh, we can we can be deadly. Isn't it funny, though, when obviously you guys fish a ton together, Ryan, you tell Bob, like, hey, I'm inviting my buddy up that I work with, and Bob, of course, you're like, is this guy going to be able to hang? You know, you're like, you're bringing in someone. Do they really understand that we're going to be out here fishing? Like like you said, there's people that like fishing that would not spend all day out there, and they they like fishing. I think we might cross over into that um obsessed category oh for sure for obsessed sure the three of us probably a good yeah there there's a different um there's a line there between you know just like fishing and being you know one of your hobbies and being obsessed um yeah. I'm, i'll be the first to admit it i'm obsessed I, a, I mean i've been watching youtube videos for three months now watching nothing but fishing episode i don't i've i've not i've not watched a regular tv show or movie nope fishing shows it's that time of year there's no way that we could be musky fishermen if 
we weren't that's just if you're not completely dedicated yeah and and focused on fishing like when it comes to musky fishing you're you're gonna you're gonna literally give it a try for a year and you're yeah. never gonna do it again because it's, yeah. it is some of the most difficult fishing you'll do musky yeah. seems like a species where um you're not just gonna be like passively a musky angler right you could have a tackle box with three trays in it and a fishing rod and catch some bass and pike and be nothing wrong with that right but you're not going to go you know somebody that just says oh well i like fishing and i'm going to go a couple of weekends musky seems like something where you get bit by the bug and you are so in so going into that right so when we first got into musky fishing that was us super passive right I think we both bought what hundred dollar musky combos yeah. from Dicks. Yeah, so and, and we had we might have had twenty lures, ten lures between the two of us. And we go up on this trip where they've been stocking muskies, and we're like, and that's the only reason we got into them because they started stocking this lake that we fish. And we're like, you know, let's try for musky. That sounds cool, right? Been fishing for bike forever, and uh, I think it was that first year we bought that stuff. Well, I think it was the year it was the year prior. I think that they had they had started stocking like a few years in that lake. Uh, a few years well, prior to that, more than that, they, they posted the signs by the launch there yeah. uh, at the resort that we stay at. They posted the signs out there, you know, know the difference signs, yeah. and we we're like, we had no idea what the difference were between them, and we're like, what the what the hell's a muskie? Like, <laughs> why? What do we care about this fish? You know, and then uh, one of the one of the girls that goes on the trip caught one. And it was, I don't know, it was kind of a smaller one, around like 36 inches or something like that. But when you catch 30-inch pike all the time or 24-inch yeah. pike, you know, a 36-inch fish, no matter what, it is a pretty big fish. So we were like, we were kind of intrigued. So we both went out like that year and bought, yeah, $100 rigs, you know, between the rod and the reel. Yeah. About a $100 rig. And I don't know, I think we had like some heavy mono on there, like some 30-pound yeah. mono <laughs> or something. And, yeah. and went out and bought like a handful of, you know, uh, musky large lures that you could find at like, you know, your local sporting goods store. So it was like, it was, it was nothing special to start with. And I, you know, and that first year that we tried it and we were throwing, you know, we're, we're casting up in the, you know, a shallow bay, boom, we, you caught that, that first in, musky in out in of musky there. Cove. <laughs> yeah. In musky cove and that, I remember that fish came out of the water five times yeah cleared the water like yeah. the whole fish out of the water and at that point and it was it was a relatively small muskie if i remember like you yeah. know high 30s maybe low 40s and uh but it was so exciting man yeah. and, and brian which we've talked about on the podcast yeah. he was on the boat at that time and that was it was just a super awesome yeah. thing yeah and he he just told me I mean, we were talking about this not that long ago and he still tells me like that was one of the coolest experiences of seeing that fish jump out of the water so many times, like it, it was crazy. It, it was a good fight. It was a good yep. everything. And then yep. like, and we tried to, we had been reading about it and studying it up a little bit. And we tried to safely handle it as best yep. we could. And like, I think, oh man, I remember the adrenaline. I didn't even catch yeah. the fish. Ryan caught the fish. <laughs> and I remember I was so jacked up, man. I yep. was so pumped. And then after that, that was it, man. Yeah. The bug had bitten and I was like, yeah, I'm all in because over. that was because that was better than catching you know mm-hmm. ten walleye. That was that was something that was it was it was kind of special in its own way. So it was like, all right, I'm, I, I want to really dive into this and man down the rabbit hole it went. <laughs> yeah, and that, and, it wasn't even that big of a fish. I mean, it was 35, 36 inches, like yeah. no monster by any means. But that was my biggest fish to date. You know, at that because I had just been catching uh, you know pike and things right. like that. So. 
yeah so i mean you're right though like it, you start off a passive and and either you get into it or you don't but yeah we we got into it hard and uh yeah, so what's the second part of that question? What are we so who that? out drinks who? <laughs> well, I, I know who doesn't out drink us, and he's in Midland. <laughs> <laughs> you guys put me to bed many, many, many times. Well, we we got a few years on you, not many, but we got a, we got more experience. Our livers can hang a little more. I don't know about now. I'm certainly not a professional drinker now, but back in the day, I think I'm getting good. I think I'm getting better. Um, <laughs> I think of, I've been practicing that, a lot. Yeah. I would definitely say that you. I guess how how does this question work? Is it who like when you mean better drinker? Does that mean like can well, you well, who out drinks who? So who out drinks? So I, who I who think to, I can drink more. I, yeah, I, I think so. You're, you're bigger than me by. You got me by I don't know half a foot and. Yeah, and, but I, don't I know, think probably twenty, thirty pounds. But it's uh, it, it's more. Uh, I don't know. I think I think we both have a good long game. Like we can we can drink all day. Yeah, we can drink. You know, I don't know. There's times where we put a, <laughs> we put a case down between the two of us and stuff like that. If you start getting into like some weird stuff, though, for me, I'm oh, it's, yeah. it, I'm done, man. Like nope. I I can't hang. I so I would nope. say Ryan is the better drinker on this too. So not only does he outfish me, but he outdrinks me too. Man, That's what? Why it, he's your co-angler? What Bob, kind? Right? What kind of questions are these? These but, are loaded. But again, the captain can't be the one that's drinking because he's got to drive <laughs> the boat. That is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> we so try to be goes back to the captain. Yeah, we try to be responsible to a certain extent, and uh, but when once. We, once we're done, <laughs> once we're done, uh, once we're done fishing for the day, we're back at the camp and we're we got a bonfire going. We're getting some food in our guts and we're you know we we're tying it on at the end of the night, playing some cards and things like that. I think uh, it, it all depends. I don't know. Ryan cashes out but, pretty early anymore, so like sometimes I I stay up and I'll drink him. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's I, I I call that one a draw. Yeah. Let me, at least re- give me regardless. That. We know it's not Jason. <laughs> It is. Yes, that is 100% true. I'm in my mind here thinking about the Michigan, Michigan State game where I was a wreck. Where you I'm got, of, didn't you get body slammed through my beer pong table? I, I forget the guy's name. Cletus. I oh, Cletus, and he, I think he's been listening to our podcast. So. Cletus is listening to this podcast. <laughs> I jumped onto Cletus's back. I don't, I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, and, and then we both. Just he's the kind of guy you just you want to jump on his he's, back. He's like a big grizzly bear. You just want to jump bear. on. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so there was his, that, real, his there real name's was not Cletus. So, the, but that's what we call him. Captain and Verner's situation. <laughs> yeah, we uh, talked about that. <laughs> there's been a couple of times up north yep. where things did not go well. Yeah, you should give a shout out to your international friends. Cletus is. Yeah. One of those international. Yes, he's uh, from the, the north land of Canada. Eh? Don't you know? Yeah. All yeah. right. So uh, let's. We're going to move on to another question. I got a question here from uh, a buddy of mine, AA Ron Aaron Gray from Onaway. Hails from Onaway, Michigan. He's also a service member, currently serving the United States Army. He's a buddy of mine. Thank you for uh, your service. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, I work I work side by side with this guy every day and he is uh he is definitely dedicated to the cause. Solid dude. Solid outdoorsman too. All right, so his question is if you gentlemen had the perfect dream conditions to catch a muskie, what lure are you throwing and what 
or so what is the go-to lure that's his that's his question so um oh, man. so i i mean yeah catching muskies is, is certainly a um a conditions type thing you know it is you know the right time of day the right time the right temperature of water the right uh you know a lot of things the stars have to align with saturn and you might have a shot at a muskie and uh, because they are the the fish of a what ten thousand cast, you know you want to make sure that you're putting on the right lure at the right time. So I guess if we got to break it down, we got to say perfect conditions. You got one lure. You got one lure. What do you do? What's your lure? What do you got? Oh man, that's uh, that's that's honestly tough. One lure though. <clears throat> I'm probably going to say. I know say, what it's got to be. I know what you're going to say. What, what do you think it's going to it's going to be? It's got to be that busted ass spinnerbait, man. <laughs> That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> I don't know if it's. I don't know if that, Bob, we're talking it's, the same it's, spinnerbait. It's not a busted ass. But it's a Cabela's it, it's, musky yeah. spinnerbait. It is. Um, it's a solid spinnerbait. I have every color of that spinnerbait, spinner by the way. It, it, we're going to name that Sweet Brown. Um, that, that particular lure is pretty messed up. It's cause not only have I, did I catch, you know, multiple muskie on, I've caught a ton of pike on that. It's just an oversized spinnerbait. I don't think it'd be that though. Um, I'm trying to think of like versatility. Um, and I think I go back to probably, probably a believer, a super believer, because I mean, I've caught muskie on it, but just thinking of you know conditions and not knowing you know the the water i guess crankbait is just like a go-to where blades aren't always it you know and those super believers are uh it's just an oversized crankbait with a big rubber tail so you get a little bit of that rubber action and you get you get the the crankbait and you can use it as a dive and rise because it's got it's super buoyant so i can rip it through the water have it jump down and float back up i can bounce it off a log, bounce it off of rocks. I mean, I can do a lot of different things with it. Um, where a spinnerbait, you're limited. You know, I can slow roll it. I can I can burn it. But um, that'd be my go-to, I think. It'd either be that or a, or a bulldog because you can do a lot with rubber. But I'm really, I, I think that Believer would be my go-to because I've, I've used it on St. Clair. I've got muskie on St. Clair. I've got muskie up north. Um, I've, yeah. I've got nothing to add. Because he just said it exactly how it should be said. The uh, yeah, he's like, like you son of a bird. So again, we're not sponsored by Believer at all. I don't even know who the hell makes Believer. Drifter. We just Drifter. Is it Drifter? Yeah. yeah. And uh, but the Believer's got like Michigan two, made. Yeah, it, it's Michigan, Michigan made. It's got two different uh, places that you can you can um, you can hook it up to. So you can run it shallow or you can run it yeah. deep. Uh, they're jointed and they have a big rubber tail at the back of them on the super believers. Uh, they have a normal believer; it doesn't have that rubber tail. But the uh, the super believer has the rubber tail, and it it just it's a, it is super versatile. I throw them every single year, and in a lot of conditions where I'm like, you know, I don't know what the hell I want to use here. You know, I've got varying you know water depths and clarity in some cases. You know, so I'm like. I'm gonna go to. I mean, I'm gonna go something dark normally, and I'm gonna throw like you know that sucker colored you know super believer. Yep. Um, but I, I in exactly the same idea with uh, with with rubber with bulldog. 
because a bulldog is so versatile. You can work it in any way. You can catch you can catch fish yeah. and yeah. you know in impoundments to big open water on Saint Clair. Um, you know, I don't believe in going. I mean, I don't think you have to go super huge on a on a bulldog, uh, but it does give that big profile. It puts off a lot. It displaces a lot of water, and uh, I think it's a. Uh, and definitely, a, you know, in, in any kind of conditions, working like a, a rubber bait or working like a swim bait, and you can you can swim it just like uh, you can swim a bulldog. You don't have to go you can through actually, You can actually troll a bulldog. Right. I realized it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can do a lot of things with, with rubber. Um, even medusas. Medusas are are really good. They don't sink as fast. or um, They're a little more, I guess, flatter. But bulldogs specifically, I think they just um, – a little more up and down action, but Jason, you're so, new to the musky game. I, I know I'm new to the musky game. I'm going to answer this question, and instead of uh, so, what I want to do is I want to play out like here's a couple of scenarios that I would like it's to perfect have. scenario though. Yeah, whatever yeah. your perfect scenario is. Yeah, exactly. So my perfect scenario is going to be I'm on Lake Saint Clair. It's fall. Trying to get those big mamas. Little chop on the water, right? Not ridiculous, though. Just a nice fall day with a little chop, little drift. And I'm going to throw, again, this isn't because I have any confidence in it because I haven't caught any, but (laughs) this is what I want to catch one on. Have you guys seen any of the, I think it's called, The Suicide Duck? <laughs> oh man, was it was was that a guarantee? That was a bold prediction 2.0. Oh man. And don't um, don't forget uh we got to by the end of this we have to finish out our wager. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um have you guys seen Bondi makes it's called a Royal Orba? We got them. I have them. Yep. yep. I've got a white one and I'd like to in the fall I'd like to get a fish on that but I want it to be, I see the fish come in, you know, I'm casting, casting, casting. I get a follow, do a big circle at the boat, and I want to catch it boat side. Yeah. That would be the perfect, like, that would be a dream come yeah. true. I've used them, encounter. and they don't work. I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I've never caught one on uh, a Royal Orba, but I know guys that that's their go-to on St. Clair. Yeah. Um, they'll go out, you know, there's a couple spots that are eight, 10 miles out and, uh, over some big weed flats. And that's a, that's a sweet looking lure when it comes through the water. If it you really were, is, if you look at it outside the water, you're going to think that it resembles oh, yeah. something you would find at lover's lane. <laughs> <laughs> Dead what are the, serious, what are the, man. It is an ugly, ugly looking lure. You're what like, are the people blade, catch what are the blades? That? What are the blades for? What am I missing? <laughs> right, right? Yeah, like, I get the big tail on the back, but I get that. Know. But what what are we yeah. using these blades for in the bedroom? No, but going through oh, the water, man. it is it it gives off so ridiculous oh, amount of God. action. So it's like yeah. I I fish it every year just because I'm like I've got to catch something yeah. on this. There's no way that they're not going to eat this. And so last, I, last I year, Jason, I bought a couple of the junior Royal Orbas. Um, okay. I think they just came out a couple of years ago. I had to order them from the musky shop and. Um, really cool. They're about half, probably less than half the size, but you can throw them. You could you could probably get away with some heavy duty pike gear. Um, but they're a lot easier to work in my eyes. So it'd be a good springtime bait. Yeah. I don't know about the fall on St. Clair because you want to go bigger in the fall generally. Um, 
But that's a cool bait too, that junior Royal Orba. So the, the normal one's pretty big. I think it's, 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 like well, it's, a, it's a size ounce, of a bull six bull ounces or something. Yeah, like yeah, six to eight. And it's ounces. got two eight blades on it. It's yeah, got two eight blades out the back, and then it's got a, a yeah. big tail off of it too. So yeah, yeah I know a, it's a buddy of mine. His, his favorite color yeah. is Area Fifty One. It's okay. like chartreuse like a, body and then an orange, a hot orange tail. It's pretty, oh, right. pretty crazy looking. Which, you know, St. Clair is known for white and black. Yeah, I and, have, uh, I have both white and black in the world. Yeah, but, but that's been his go-to is the Area Fifty One, brightest, bright as the sun. Have, um, I think so. I know we have a white one, and then I think my brother and I bought. Sometimes Bondi has like a, a lot of reject lures or like. There's a something like the color's not quite right or whatever, and he'll yep. put a pile of those together. So we've purchased two different times um, a lot of those lures. I think it's like eight or ten comes in a group, and I think in one of those it was a Royal Orba that is the body is lime green, but I think that tail is maybe yellow or something. So Ooh, if okay. it's supposed to be orange, yeah. maybe the color didn't take yeah. this yellow instead of orange. But it looks like you said yeah. those they, things look cool. They look really cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the bondy baits are they're they're kind of crude the way that they look, but man, they're money. Yeah. Like especially on Detroit River. And I mean that's what they were designed for. Essentially like jigging yeah, um, yeah. It, you know, some kind of deep, deeper water jigging type stuff yeah. uh, within the channel and within the uh, Detroit River. That's what they were designed to do. And then they've kind of, you know, he started to branch out a little bit and make some stuff that you can cast a little bit. Yeah, the hot orb is a pretty cool lure too. Yeah, smaller version with two blades out the back, a little easier to cast in that royal orb. But oh man, we can talk musky lures for days. For days. Honest <laughs> to God, that could be. 10 podcasts just breaking down categories and maybe, maybe we'll it, it probably when, will when we get into the summer once we yeah. start fishing once we start targeting muskie it's going to be on yeah when we get into the peak of summer we're going to have to get into that so all right next question is it's a good one for you jason and maybe you can answer this because maybe you know oh, no. so what is the secret sauce to the sweet brown dance <laughs> what is the well i guess because you know when both I, fish, um, yeah, uh, year you were up there were caught um, while doing the sweet brown dance. So, what's the sweet sauce? I think we've laughed about this before. When that song comes on, I can't sit still. I gotta be moving, and I think it's all in the feet. It's, it's <laughs> like a good foot stomping song. Yep, you know, just tapping. Like, you cannot tap in the feet. You yeah. can't not tap your feet. You get the hips swinging a little, but the feet are really what. Just a swing in. Yeah, it really is. Like, I, you know, I start, you know, I'm, I'm always casting when this when Sweet Brown comes on. So I'm, I, like, wind up moving my rod tip to the beat of the music. Yep. That's a good idea. It, you, cannot, you cannot hold still. It's like, it, I don't know, it's like eating potato chips, man. You can't just eat one. Yep. Like, it's, when, you, when, you, when that song comes on, you have to move. Yep. If you don't move, you'll probably yep. explode. Yep. I you'll think, probably die or I, I, I don't know. <laughs> All jokes aside, I really think there's something to it. <laughs> Because if you think about it, I mean, I'm not just doing a straight retrieve. I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm making that bait super erratic when I'm, when I'm doing it, whether it's moving the rod tip, like he said, or just whatever, something's not just normal. Swinging it around right, while you're dancing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely right. a different action. Yeah. So last year I was fishing with my dad and we're both using identical <laughs> lures in some cases, the exact same lure. And I think I caught like five fish and he caught none. 
And he's like, what the hell are you doing different? We're throwing the same lure in the same spot. But I think it was a daredevil. In general, when I fish a daredevil, I don't just do a straight retrieve. I'm just kind of, I'm twitching a little bit. I might give it a pause. I'm always doing something with it um, to make it more erratic than what the lure is designed to do. And I, I think there's something to that. So every lure I, I return, I'm generally not doing uh, a straight retrieve. So, I mean, maybe the sweet brown does it. Maybe that's the secret sauce. It's just, it makes you move. It makes you, rather than just hold that rod tip one spot and reel, you're forced to move the rod tip, which is making that lure do something different. Maybe it just changes the the line coming into the boat. It makes him go in a different direction for a second, which causes that strike, right? Jason, what are the odds? Jason, what are the odds that the DNR will commission a study on Sweet Brown and its uh, <laughs> ability for catching muskie? I, I wish I could say hi. <laughs> Uh, but, but that, so you're not saying oh, no. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. All right. All right. All right. As long as we got that. All right. Well, that's uh, that made us derail a little bit. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, this is coming from Jimmy. Jimmy out in Wixom. Um, what knot do you guys use when tying on a leader? So... Um, and, and he he kind of gave us two questions here. So, what knot do you use when you uh, when tying on a leader, and then also what size or style leader do you prefer for pike and muskie? So, there's there's different kinds of leaders, uh, obviously. And, and when we're if we're talking about like a steel leader for like pike and muskie fishing, uh, I'll, we'll we'll break that one down. I think we'll focus on that a little bit more. But when we're talking about um, you know, there's you can you know tie on a uh like a fluorocarbon leader if you're just you know you're trying to use if you want to use braid for the sensitivity of braid but yet you want the translucence of a uh, you know a fluorocarbon leader so there's different kinds of knots that you can tie in order to do that generally speaking when it comes to tying into braid whether that be monofilament or any kind of fluorocarbon as a leader into braid we're going to use kind of a uni to uni type knot where it cinches down on itself Right, is that what it's called? A uni to uni? Yeah, but I I stopped doing that. Um, I believe Jason actually told me this trip or, or t- t- trick. I can't speak. The beers are good. Too many beers. Too many beers. My, I can't talk. <laughs> um, but no, I uh, when I'm tying on, if I'm tying on a leader, like thinking bass fishing, if I'm tying on a floral leader, I'm generally to avoid line twist. Um, I'm going to tie a small barrel swivel to my braid because I run braid on everything. Um, and then I'm going to tie a small barrel swivel, and then I'm going to tie my fluoro to that. And I'll do a three to four foot leader, um, depending. Um, and that's what I'm used for bass, but even for jigging the walleye in the river. Um, and mainly in the river because I want that barrel swivel so my jig doesn't spin and you get that crazy line twist. Right. So I don't. I used to tie my braid to fluoro and do just like a uni to uni knot. Yeah. But I, th- I think it was you, Jason, that had told me that, that you do the barrel swivel. Am I right? Or am I talking to somebody else? Um, I, I do a barrel swivel sometimes jigging for walleye, like you said, for the line twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically when I'm tying it, it's either uni to uni or, or it's called a double uni knot. Yeah. But, um, there's a lot of options out there. That's just the one that I learned on the charter boat. And that's just what I've stuck with. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the barrel swivel thing is something I definitely do um, with about a three foot leter of uh, fluorocarbon 
you know, from braid separated. And then when I, whenever I tie braid, uh, because braid is very slick and, and you know, you, you can't really do a uni knot or anything like that with it. It's always going to be a polymer knot with, uh, you know, when I'm connecting to the, uh, to the swivel. And then I generally, if I'm tying floral or I'm tying any kind of mono, it's going to be just a basic uni knot onto the, yep. uh, onto that piece and then onto the jig itself so uh you know getting getting run up on your knots and figuring out those you can't i i personally have found the polymer knot just works with every line it really does honestly i use it on braid i use it if i am using mono and i use it on fluorocarbon i mean it's pretty fast too yeah super fast especially um you know i've kind of switched back to tying on spinnerbaits for the longest time you know it's just because it can be a pain in the ass tie lures every time i'm I just use a, a, a snap swivel or a, or a leader and, you know, and, but you got to deal with those spinner baits, not having a closed loop and, you know, that can be a headache. So I've kind of gone back to tying on spinner baits or tying on your jig heads and things like that. And, um, so, but the polymer is so easy. I mean, literally you can tie the knot in seconds once you're good and you've, you've done it, but a polymer can be a pain like tying on a spinner bait because you've got to bring it through the whole you got to make a loop and bring the whole thing get, through it. You got to get good. You got to be good. It's tough to do when you got waves yeah. and wind, right? But yeah. sitting in my garage, I can retie all my stuff pretty easy. Right. But, but I mean, for me, it's polymer for sure. Um, the polymer knot is a like if you don't know how to tie a polymer knot, there's a million different videos on how to do yeah. it. Or even when you buy a pack of line, they'll normally at least I, I, we fish a lot of Power Pro line, and in Power Pro they always have a little booklet that yeah. gives you every kind of knot that if you, you google tie, fishing but. knots they literally give you like these anim these cool animations it's like slow-mo animation it'll show you how to tie all these knots and they, they yeah they make it pretty easy but the, jason do you use anything other besides polymer or um more mo most often it's pol uh polymer knot um Sometimes there you go. You say Palomar, and I'm saying it wrong for tomato, five minutes. Tomato, no, tomato, no, tomato, and you can't correct me. Thanks a lot, guy. Um, <laughs> and then, like, uh, I think it's called a clinch knot. Yeah, is yeah. like your fisherman's knot yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've tried some stuff. When if we get into like a salmon fishing topic, there's a few things that I've tried because of some of the backer and some of the line types that you yeah. use. Um, that there's some different ideas out there um want to hear a a story that shows how lame i am and how obsessed i am with fishing we we don't actually listen to stories here on this podcast so <laughs> ain't nobody got time so, for that yeah i gotta go i gotta go take you way back when i was in seventh grade we had to do i forget which class it was but you had to um show the class you had to do a presentation on something and it was something that you were teaching the class and i taught the class how to tie two fishing knots did you really yes that's I, awesome now I had, that's my, how you know you're obsessed yes and you were in seventh grade you where, were obsessed. where did you go to school escanaba <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I taught people how to tie actually a Palomar knot and a clinch knot. Nice. And I used, in when I was growing up, my room, right, was outdoor themed. And I had these, uh, like, fishing lure decorations with fake hooks on them. Mm. And I took them in, and I had yarn, and I showed people how to tie 
fishing knots. What a loser. <laughs> Hell no, man. That's awesome. Right. I, I just said Escanaba, but like I'm going back to my childhood growing up, like I would go up, we always went up to the UP for opening day. And, um, you know, I had to take the day off. I had to take the week off of school or whatever. And I had to get all my homework ahead of time. And it was always a big pain in the butt. And I would go up there and all my buddies that lived up in like Escanaba, Rapid River area, they, you know, where we hunted, they all had that time off of school already. The school shut down. The whole damn county shut down. Like you couldn't even, on opening day, you couldn't go into a grocery store because everybody was out hunting. It's just a different way of life. But I don't know. Yeah. I figure I'd throw that out there. Um, the, so the other part of that, uh, of that question was, um, what size or style of leader do you prefer for pike and muskie? So, uh, kind of vastly different when it comes to leaders for both pike and muskie, obviously, you know, the reason you have to use a leader to begin with for pike and muskie is because they obviously are, have a mouthful of, uh, razors. So you, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're fishing with some kind of leader for years. Ryan and I didn't never use the leaders. We would always just fish straight mono. <laughs> I don't know why we did any of this, but we, didn't know we caught it. We caught it. Yeah, we still caught a ton of fish, but yeah. then we had some some serious bite offs too. On with some I was what say, I there's another name for that. It's called a donation. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, we we lost a lot of lures yeah. and lost probably some really nice fish. <clears throat> yeah, but um. So, like, uh, I guess we can tackle pike first. So, when it comes to pike, um, I've I've used everything from you know floral, heavy fluorocarbon leaders with it when it comes to my pike rig. Um, but what I find sometimes are like the barrel swivels that are on those are too large, and I I feel like you know it's kind of even though it, it might only be a, a 50, 60 pound leader or something like that, they still come with these huge. I've had a really tough time finding a good leader that i really like but um you know so what i wind up usually doing is going back to the multi-strand steel leaders um that are coated you know and you, you can find them fairly cheap through i don't know eagle claw makes them and stuff like that but you yeah. want to make sure that you're you're kind of matching up your uh your line size to your leader size as well and length is kind of important too i think the longer the leader I'm not a big fan of long leaders. You know, if it's no. over nine inches, I don't. I normally won't don't fish it. I know that that has an application. I see. I see Jason smiling over there because I said something about nine inches, but because his head's in the clouds. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what so he's thinking a, about. <laughs> Dreamland, so, so I'm maybe. A short leader kind of guy, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a short short guy. Short, so short, um, short I, and girthy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I like them thick. Oh man, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna stop Anyways. right there. Anyway, so basically, when I when I for me personally, uh, I don't ever use a leader that's over nine inches unless it's going to be in a trolling application. In, in a trolling application, I get that it has a, a, a place, but normally the shorter the leader, the better. I focus especially on my pike gear on a six inch leader, multi strand or that forty seven strand multi strand uh, leaders. Um, and it, it's really, I pay more attention to the clasp than anything. Cause that to me is, you know, sometimes I'm, they have a clasp that is a nightmare to try to get on different base. So I kind of, I focus on that, making sure it has a good clasp, um, on my musky stuff. Um, I do use, I, I do throw a lot of fluorocarbon nine inch leaders, um, generally in the hundred to 130 pound tests or strength. 
Um, and it really depends on what I can get, where I can get it. Um, I go to line or uh, what is it? Wooersandleaders.com. Yeah. And that's where I get a lot of this, uh, my stuff. Uh, Doug Wegner, who is uh, he's a YouTube uh kind of a youtube personality he's also a guide on green bay he's got his own line of different kinds of leaders he's got some awesome videos out there that also show like where and what why you should use different leaders from different baits um and i'm a big fan of of some of his shorter six inch leaders uh solid single strand leaders uh because i think that it act it adds to the action of some different baits when it comes to like any kind of blade bait i love to run that short leader because you get a lot more vibration you get a lot more and you 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 can feel it on the end of the rod as you're reeling in your your lure you can you can definitely tell where it's at it also plays a big factor in the figure eight when you're coming in uh and doing your figure eight for musky fishing um the generally speaking the longer leader the harder it is to get a good turn on your finger on your figure eight so um, I like to stick a lot with those shorter leaders. Uh, and, and again, the flexibility of your stranded leaders, your 47 strand leaders, or your um, your fluorocarbon leaders are great in some applications too, especially you're throwing rubber out on big rubber out on uh, St. Clair. I'm probably going to be throwing it off of a fluorocarbon leader. And water clarity plays a part in that too. Yep. Yep. Um, so going into pike um you know i'm kind of on the same page with him 20 to 30 pounds uh stranded leader honestly that's uh that's generally what i'm going to i did i used to get these cheap ones at uh frank's up there in linwood i don't know why i don't even know where we found them or if they they even still carry them anymore but they were like two bucks and we were on our way up north one year and both of us were like man i don't know if i have any leaders and we go in their fishing section they've got his whole section of these cheap leaders and they look all right. And I'm like, yeah, whatever for, you know, two bucks, I'll buy a couple packages. And those were like the nicest leaders. They were better than all the Eagle claw ones. Um, everything else you can buy from Cabela's or Dick's as far as in that category. Um, well, last year we switched over to these lure and leaders, there's lure and leaders.com. Um, and they're, they're night and day difference. So even their pike leaders are really, really good. Those cheap leaders that, we had just didn't hold up i mean i'd catch four or five pike on it and it's just mangled you know and it's just yeah but um so yeah lures and leaders that's those that's what i'm using but it's generally it's a stranded wire it's not the straight wire not for pike it's just a stranded wire in 20 or 30 pound it's generally what i'm running with 20 or 30 pound braid um, I generally stick to the 20 pound though um, for pike in Michigan. If I ever go up to Canada, I'd probably rethink that and maybe go up a size. But for for here, it's that. Um, as far as musky, same thing. Going through, I'm, I'm using the leaders from LuresandLeaders.com, but I switched last year to. I've got a short leader. Um, I've got the single strand uh, where it's just a single one wire, heavy duty wire like Bob does. Wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, not, not to say anything bad or good about it. I just didn't notice any difference. I've used fluorocarbon leaders forever. Honestly, I've tried them all. I've tried stranded. I've tried fluorocarbon. I've tried the straight wire, and I just didn't notice much of a difference. Um, maybe that's just me. So I've got some of those, but I have also got the fluorocarbon. I think I, I lean more towards the fluorocarbon. Um, I don't know that you get. Um, thinking of like the 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 visibility on the fluorocarbon, 
you know, you can say that it's a little more invisible, but then you got these gigantic clasps and these gigantic, uh, you know, ball bearings on them. Come on. Like, if you think the fish can't see that and, and see the line, like, I don't think it matters. I don't think the visibility matters, but um, it's just a preference thing, really. So I am going to try those single-strand ones a little bit more this year and, and see how those work. But um, for me, it's generally fluorocarbon leader. Um, and, again, they're 130 pound, I believe. So, Jason? Um, we've picked up some different leaders, the single single wire, pretty stout. Uh, we've used more for when we have done a little bit of musky fishing um, for jerk baits, and then the more flexible leader, like you had said, Bob, was for some of the bucktails and things because of the vibration. Um, we've thrown some rubber, some bulldogs and stuff, but we don't have any fluorocarbon leaders, so I think that's something that I'll add to the arsenal. Um, and then we actually, uh, John Bondi has a real in-depth YouTube video about jigging for muskie in the Detroit River where he goes through his entire rig and he makes leaders for that out of cable with crimps. And so we bought some cable and crimps. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because when he gets that thing hung up on something, he wants to get it back. Yeah. So um, we've made some of those. Yeah, he'll um, lift the whole damn log up to the boat. Yeah. <laughs> he'll yeah. get that lure back. I've, I've yeah. done it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My brother actually emailed him. He sent him an email and asked him some questions and stuff. And one of the things that uh, John told my brother was to have you have your cleats on your boat. Mm -hmm. And if you do get hung up really, really bad and you can't get it, he cleats off his line and then just uses the boat to pull it free. <laughs> yeah, when you're um, uh, you know you're running a that's a testament know, of of your line right boat. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. So, uh, going for pike. Um, typically that's happened at the cabin, right? And, and you've seen those fish. They're 20 to 24 inches. A lot of times when we're going for pike, we're also potentially going to catch bass. And so I haven't really worried about leaders too much at the cabin. I, I will throw on a section of um, 20 or 25 pound mono. Now, that's not to say that I've never donated a lure, but typically those fish, they're just not that big and your line can most of the time withstand, you know, a fish or two, get a nick, retie. Um, so, but like you said, steel leaders, it's, it's the way to go. The yeah. biggest thing that I would point people to is, yeah, the swivel on the end. Make sure you get a quality swivel yeah. because too often you look at the thing and it's like, this, I don't think this is going to withstand <laughs> what I need it to. And so don't buy that, you know, yeah. the thing's going to come apart. Yeah. Um, so spend maybe instead of two bucks for a pack, maybe three bucks. For yeah, a pack. I think that that snap or that clasp too is um, super important. Like we've used the ones that just kind of pull out, um, and now I I think those leader lure leader ones they have some that don't even have like a snap. You like twist the lure through there. Is that lure and leaders? Yeah, it lures and leaders. Like I, and, and yeah, Doug Wagoner's a he's a big proponent of. Um, you know, using um, like a uh, like a snap or a uh, a ring, like the snap ring, like yeah. connecting them directly to a ring and not using the the clasp at all, because that's usually the the weakest link between the from the lure from the fish 
all the way, you know, up to the fishermen, the the weakest link is usually going to be that clasp. And, and I've broken them before, you know, just changing baits out. And as a musky fisherman, you know, you're going to change baits out a lot of them. So you're overusing that clasp to the point where it gets weak and it'll break. So, um, yeah, the, the clasp is super important. The swivels on it, super important. Um, you know, and then matching it up to the action of what you want to do. So it kind of, uh, kind of a long yeah. takeaway i yeah. i generally prefer shorter leaders though like it, it, i find that they're just easier to work yeah the fish is not generally going to inhale six yeah. inches more of line no depending on how they hit it you know i guess i guess they could hit it from an odd angle from a straight yeah. from a forward angle and, and and possibly sever your line if they're hitting it way up front but it generally speaking like uh you know even on some of your larger musky they're not going to have more than I don't know, six inches of beak or so before it's, you know, yeah. I've, I've had them inhale or I've seen, uh, you know, in, in large pike inhale lure, you know, where you're like, man, like the, the leader is resting on their teeth. Like, yeah, that's, I'm glad I had that leader in there. So yeah. at least I would say at a minimum six inches, yeah. something stout enough, you know, 30 pound or higher uh, and, and generally to whatever it is that you want to, you know what yeah. you want to fish and what you're comfortable with fishing i find it easier to to work with the shorter leader so yeah i switched to for my pike year i did switch to a six inch leader last year um and i i liked it a lot better than i i yeah. always use nine inch and i just like the six inch better just felt it was better so all right that that takes us into our next question um and this one could take a while jason what what type of line do you use oh because that's not broad. <laughs> now, for who, me, who, who brought this broad? Oh man, um, for for me, I'm generally I'm running. I just run braid on everything. I I used to use mono, and I know mono has applications, and I'm sure Jason's going to break that down when you get into chartering because I know that's big. And then you got you got lead core line like there's that's a science when you get into line. But I generally run Power Pro on, on everything. And then if I if I need that low visibility, um, you know, for bass fishing, finesse bass fishing, I, I've got the uh, you know three or four foot leader, uh, fluorocarbon leader, and then same with jig and walleye, I'm running a fluorocarbon leader. So otherwise, I personally run braid in every application for even my jigging rod. Um, I've got the high vis um, uh, Power Pro, so the bright yellow, and that's mainly just to make sure I'm vertical really hard to see that line sometimes when you're using if you're using a dark green or a camo colored line so when you use that bright yellow um you know you can actually see if you're vertical um, but i also use that same setup for like my single rods or texas rigs because a lot of times when you, if you got slack in that line um you'll see the line move and i think you actually taught me that jason i believe you did yeah you're shaking your head <laughs> Um, like there's times where the bass will hit and you'll see the line move before you'll feel it because there's slack in the line and you set the hook then. But in, in depending on the type of water, you may not see that in that, with that dark green line. So that's where that high vis yellow. Cause I always wondered what the hell would anybody want this fluorescent yellow line? Like what, what purpose does that serve anybody? And then you told me that and I'm like, okay, okay. One upper. You got me. <laughs> so, I think, so I think back in the past we we didn't put a lot of thought into it. Like it was no. always like we used to fish. 
I think what was it? Stren, uh, twelve pound Four, mono, twelve or fourteen pound mono, moss green, mono. moss yeah, moss green For mono, years. and that was it. And mm-hmm. like we caught a lot of fish that way. And th- yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But then like we went down the rabbit hole and things like yeah. uh, all of a sudden we we started making more money. <laughs> We're like you know let's put more money into well, this. I, I, I guess we just didn't realize. Like I never yeah realized the benefits of braid. And I, honestly, I I want to say you taught me most of this, Jason, when we started working together. Honestly, because the braid, you have no stretch. And and to me, I can't imagine how many fish I lost using monofilament because I didn't even know they hit. Because that stuff's like a rubber band, you know? Yeah, it's very strange. Compared to braid where you get a hit, like, you know it. Like, you you know it's there. And, and especially getting into walleye fishing, you know, sometimes when you get a hit on the Detroit River, I mean, you barely feel it. You just feel a little tick of the line. Well, in, with mono, you're never feeling that. Not until yeah. you go to jig up and there's weight there. Well, with braid and a floral leader, which Florida doesn't really have any stretch either, like you'll feel that little tick, and that's when you set the hook. Like I, I just I can't even fathom the amount of fish I bet I lost over the years, or didn't even encounter. Yeah, yeah, because of of monofilament, um, and mainly because of the sensitivity of the line, no stretch. I mean, now if we're using a chatterbait, oh my god, you can feel every bit of that vibration. I, it's awesome. We're mono. You don't feel any of it. So uh, I, I just had this that discussion with a buddy of mine, and uh, I, I asked him. I said, well, "You know, what do you run in on your rods?" And he, I think he was talking about, you know, he had mono on there or something like that. And I said, and we were talking about bass fishing, and I said, "Do you run chatter baits?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Man, I will change mm-hmm. your life right now, man. Respool at least one of yeah. your rods with, uh, you know, with uh, with braid." And then run that same chatterbait and see the difference between the two. And it's huge because uh, 90% of the time when you're catching something on a chatterbait or or what they call them, uh, a weedless jig or, or not a, yeah. a, a bladed yeah. jig, right? Yeah. And down in the south, they call them a bladed jig. But uh, if you're using a bladed jig or chatterbait and 90% of the time they're hitting it from the rear. So they're hitting it from behind and you're going to feel like you're going to feel every single thump. Every time that blade shakes you're going to feel it as you reel it and then all of a sudden it's going to go slack when it goes slack get right into that hook set get right into it because something just grabbed it and i will tell you like it's 95 percent of the time something is something just slammed it from behind and you're just not feeling it with with mono you may not ever feel it no you'll never feel it and 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 i and i noticed the difference between fishing chatter baits when it was fishing it with mono or fishing it with braid and i was like man this is a game changer but it's like that in every respect to fishing when you're bass fishing you're finesse fishing right or you're speed fishing and finesse fishing when it comes to you know your your targeting structure and your fishing with spoons, spinner baits, whatever it might be, targeting pike or bass, and and, and you know in in an application for like plastics, like using I, I don't know tube jigs or using like a a Ned rig or any kind of you know Texas or Carolina rig, it, it's it's it has that application. You can use it. It's a little bit tougher yep. to use it in that application, but you can use it. Where sensitivity is not completely yet because right. you're, you're kind of pulling it, and as you pull it, you'll you'll feel that thump on the end of it. But yeah. when it comes to like speed fishing, when it comes to spinnerbait fishing, chatterbait fishing, spoon fishing, where you're trying to cover a lot of water and fast, you've got to feel every action of that. So one to know if you're followed up with with weeds, or two to know that you're if you're getting a strike, and if you're getting that strike, you know, setting yeah. that hook or getting that hook set. 
fast is super important. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just online. Honestly, like, cause then it, you, it really is. Cause yeah. you get into the benefits and, you know, the opportunities, I guess, that braid has. Cause, you know, I've had issues with braid where I'm fishing finesse for bass and that braid sinks because it holds the water and it sinks down in the weeds where mono doesn't. Like, so there, there's, there's pros and cons to, to braid. There's pros and cons to mono. And, um, you know, the other thing that that scared me away from braid for years was we generally use bait casters and the castability of it. I always thought, man, if I get a backlash with braid, oh my god, it's a it's a, it can be a nightmare. It, don't it me, can don't be, get but, me wrong. But like, I found that it can be a terrible. I, I found that braided line casts better on a bait caster than mono does. That's just my opinion. Maybe it's because the line's slicker, but I just I I don't feel like I get nearly as many backlashes as I used to get. Maybe I've, I'm just better than I was, or my gear's <laughs> my better. Gear, yeah. I I don't know, but I, I, I think just, that, yeah, it's it's generally just yeah a little bit easier to cast as long as you're not just going ham on it. And we're you know? we're big casters, obviously. So Jason, you're you're kind of the opposite side of the spectrum, and I know you can do um, some casting, but get into the trolling side of it when it comes to line because I'm actually super interested in this because I I don't troll unless I'm trolling with my normal gear that I have braid on. Yeah, I wrote, I got my pen, I wrote like a million notes down. <laughs> um, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to talk about the, the stuff that we use for salmon trolling because it's a little bit different, it's kind of cool. And I really, this this August, am going to try, I really want us to try and hook up for a weekend in August and salmon fish together to get some content and take you guys out on our boat and see what it's all about because it is an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, so we'll just step through some of the different equipment, but I'm not going to take a deep dive because it could, again, fill up multiple podcasts. I think we'll do another podcast just online. Honestly, honestly, yeah. I think yeah. we can there, – there's so much to it. I think I think it would be super beneficial too because I know a lot of the guys that I know that listen, they love fishing, but they're new to it, right? So I think if we really broke down line and ta- told them the stuff that I never knew until I met you – I think that that would be good. But, yeah, give us a brief overview of what you're using. Before I start on the salmon stuff, I have to bring something up about line color that you and I used to laugh about. So you're in the fishing shop. Oh, I know where this is going. (laughs) So you're in your tackle shop. You're walking up and down the aisles. You go down the line aisle, and you see red line. And they tell you red disappears first in the color spectrum it's invisible at depth this is the way Mm -hmm. to go use red line go around the corner and go down the aisle with hooks and you'll come across red hooks use red hooks because it looks like blood (laughs) (laughs) we used to go back and forth and just it was invisible a second ago it's not contradicting at all right (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna use red line so they don't see the red line but then i'm gonna make sure i change out and have red hooks so it looks like blood yeah okay my god it's that just shows you some of these marketing man like uh I knew you would like that. Yeah. I, knew you would I like don't that, use so. red line, but I do have red hooks on some things. <laughs> it's, it's a game changer, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So on our salmon fishing boat, a lot of different applications, a lot of different techniques for trolling. It's not just, here's your rod, let out some line, and we're good to go. We've got a lot of different accessories to get your line deep, get your line out away from the boat, 
And so we'll start with, um, they're called downriggers. They use heavy weight, 10, 12 pound cannonballs on cable, takes your bait down. And on those rods, we actually have mono, straight mono. And I was, I was thinking there are some folks that are using braid on those rods. Um, you know, I was trying to think in my head, why have we stuck with mono on those? A little bit of it is, I would say a little bit of it is um, on those fish when they do strike, sometimes you need a little bit of give because they are so powerful that if it was straight braid, it might just break. But then I think to myself, well, what about musky? I mean, that's a hell of a fish coming up and hitting a bait hard. Uh, but anyway, downrigger rods, straight mono. Um, moving out, we have two different types of dipsy divers. A dipsy diver is a plastic disc. Um, it takes your line down and away from the boat. It's a diving planer. And uh, just another way to spread out your um, presentation in the water. And so on two of those, we have one on each side, we use braided line, straight braid, 50 pound braid. Um, and then we just recently um, expanded our arsenal. We have one of these on each side. It's actually wire line. So thinking of your multi-strand, like a seven strand leader for pike, they have line that you actually can use um it's on our reels we have 500 feet on each reel of this multi-strand wire and we use that and it um it helps because that the diameter is so small it cuts through the water really well it can get your presentation down even deeper on those dipsy divers with less line out and then you know, see the that's got to add a lot of weight it does add some weight yep and yeah. the other thing is another um, hypothesis, if you will, is that wire cutting through the water has certain harmonics yeah. and maybe it draws in fish, right? What One thing we know about anglers, they're superstitious. And if they <laughs> think something is, you know, some people are going to swear by it. So yeah. that's another uh, unique type of line that we have. Um, and then the last one that I'll talk about that we have is, you had mentioned earlier, it's called lead core. And it is essentially, uh, it is a thin piece of lead and then there's a Dacron sheath around that. Um, and then you have different lengths. The lead core line, the Dacron sheath, is a different color every 10 yards. And so on your reel, you would have five colors of lead core or 10 colors of lead core. And you put all of that line out, and then the different amount of lead core that you have will take your bait down a certain depth. So, okay. Um, That's why it's know, different so, color. I always wondered why yeah. it was different color. Yep. And, and so, like I said, when you're winding it, when you're setting those rigs up, we have two rods that each have five colors of lead core on them. And then we have two rods that have 10 colors of lead core on them. But when you start doing the math, you've got your bait, about a 20 or 30 foot leader, then the lead, and a, that's a, either a mono or a fluorocarbon leader. Then you have 10 colors of lead core, which is 100 yards, 300 feet of line. Then you hook that to um, a planer board. Uh, a little board that takes your um, line out away from the boat. And, th and that is, you know, out, oh, let's call it 100 feet. When you get a fish on and then it pulls out even more line, yeah. the thing's back there a mile, you know, oh it's kind God, of uh, yeah. a, little, a little bit different setup. That's got to be quite the setup <laughs> when you hook into a fish on that outside line. 
and you got all you got a real i mean i've yeah. been on charter boats before where it's it's an operation you hook into a fish and it's all hands on deck you know right. yeah you're trying to clear some rods you're trying to keep the fish at the back of the boat yeah. and it's out there three four five six hundred feet behind the boat yeah it takes a little while to get in i'm so looking forward to getting on the boat with you this, this yes. summer Yes, that would be fun just to sure. see the operation um, because, it, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people that fish and are, are listening, that's, I mean, even to me, like, that's a foreign language you're speaking. I know what you're oh, talking yeah. about just because I've been in the business long enough. Yeah. Um, but I bet a lot of people are like, I don't even know what he just said. Um, that's why I think another there. podcast breaking down the line would be, would be good. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I think some of this stuff is just intimidating. It's intimidating mm-hmm. to some people to think, man, there's all these different kinds of line. There's braid, there's mono, there's, yeah. you know, there's lead core. There's all this different yeah. stuff. Like, I'd love to go out. They they see it on social media or wherever, right. on YouTube, and they're watching they're people salmon fishing. They're like, man, yeah. it'd be awesome to go out there and catch a salmon. But they look at it and think that it, this is something, this is super intimidating. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. And there is a little bit of science behind some of this stuff. There but is. At, at the end of the day... At the end of the day, just do what Ryan does. Get your lure in the water. Get your <laughs> yeah. lure in the water. Yeah. Whether but, those fish might be suspended at two feet of water yeah. as opposed to sixty-two feet of water. So well, it's 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 really a game of just getting on the water and making sure that you know it's trial and error in a lot of things. Like we used mono for years and lost, it worked. lost it worked. fish. We lost fish. We mm-hmm. caught a lot of fish, but. And then we're like, all right, how do? And once you start to do something for a certain period of time, you're like, how can I perfect this? How can I make yeah. this a little bit better? How can I increase my catch percentage or whatever it might be? And you you just go through, you know, it's deductive reasoning. It's it's you going through the process of elimination, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, yeah, but- in order to try to to hang up with the species of fish that you want to target because it's it's different in every application. But think about your average Joe walking into Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops and going to the line wall, and and they don't Type, know the differences, right? Colors, pound strength, right? material oh my god my brain would melt you know well i mean i again i know what i'm looking for but just thinking of your average joe who doesn't you know they fish a couple weekends a year go on a couple trips with their buddies and they're like uh what right yeah put me in a i think we could set we've got ourselves have made a progression through the sport to where we are i'm sure we have listeners at different levels i think we could take uh, part of a of a podcast and say, here's your first simple setup. Here's what you need to go look for. Yep. Type pound test yeah. your rod, your reel. I think we'll do that in the future. Yeah. And yeah, you know, take a little bit of the guesswork out of it because yeah. we've learned along the way. Yeah. It, it does. It doesn't take much. No. It doesn't take much, but it does take no. some dedication, some patience. Yep. That's kind of a thing. Good stuff. Good stuff. We kind of cut you off there, Jason. You got anything else? Any other notes on trolling or um, save? You gonna save it for the the, the line yeah, podcast? Yeah. Um, save the salmon stuff for another time. I want to put a brief plug. I wrote some notes down about uh, the cost associated with different types of line. Um, someone could check this out and find that I'm not as smart as I think I am. But mono, typically <coughs> the least expensive. Yeah. Fluoro. More expensive, middle of the road, 
And then braid is, I would say, you know, spool to spool comparison, the most expensive. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when we use braid, you have your reel with its line capacity rating on all of my braid reels. I have backer. Oh yeah. The braid. Yeah. And, and maybe that's something we'll go in when we have a, yep. a, a more back lengthy model podcast. Every, every yeah. Rate. I think yeah. that'd be a good, you know, when we get into it's a line, like that's, that's because uh, yeah, because you know, twenty pound braid is what four pound oh, monofilament diameter. Which yeah, your uh, the numbers on your spool for your reel, it's it's going to be based in monofilament numbers. So it says, oh, it'll fit three hundred yards of ten pound line. I just bought a three hundred spool of, of twenty pound braid, and it, it it's not even half full. Well, yeah, because it's four pound diameter. Yeah, like there's a, there, I think there's a lot we can get into. But it's right. not when you start to kind of go across different types and things. So it is a little bit of understanding yeah. what you're working. With. But even it's talking about, but even talking about fluoro too. You said fluoro being the kind of middle of the pack. Well, you got fluoro, but then you also have fluor, fluoro coated. Yeah. Which you I don't know. know much about that stuff. I think if you, the, I I believe that the reason that I originally moved away from mono, like you both have said, is the stretch, and I like the sensitivity yeah. of the braid. If you go and watch um, Major League Fishing or one of the bass tournaments on on TV, the guys I think are using braid in some of those applications where they're flipping or pitching jigs, yeah. and they really want a lot of strength. And then I think you would see that on their bait casters, jerk baits, spinner baits, crank baits, even their finesse stuff, they probably are using fluorocarbon yep. because it has less stretch um, but has that, you know, that invisibility factor yep. to it. Yep. And so, you know, when you go, if somebody listens to us, goes and watches a major league fishing event, it's like, what the heck, I don't see anyone throwing <laughs> a crank bait with braid. Right. Okay, there are some nuances out there. <laughs> But, right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've ever wondered why, you know, you see a bass fisherman, and he's got 18 rods on the front of his, on the bow of his boat. And, and you're wondering like, why do you need so many rods when you're really, you can only use one at a time. It, it's because he's got it set up in a different way for every single application that yep. he wants. He's got a different oh, size rod. Oh, be that's a, a whole nother podcast, yep. but like, <laughs> but he's got it spooled with different, different line for different applications yep. and things like that as well. So like yep. that there's, there's a reason for every single rod on the boat and, and we're guilty of the same kind of thing. Like I set up my rods in different ways and I have different rods for different applications, yep. jigging or whatever it might be working crankbaits. But, but we didn't, when we got into it, we had the same exact oh, yeah. rod for everything with 14 yeah. pounds, six model. foot six, yeah. six yeah. foot six, uh, Abu Garcia, something, you know? All right, Jason, this next question's for you. All right. All right. This Jason. Is, we save this one for last. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, I, I saved this one for last because I, I think it's might be the most important. Um, and I, this is really direct towards you um all right so one of our listeners i'm not going to name him by name but he, has, he says uh what size treble hook and weight do you do you use to snag musky <laughs> we, no we say we save that directly for the dnr guy so oh, that, that, that so that yeah. he can haul us all off in handcuffs because <laughs> snagging is 100 percent illegal that's funny oh, so kind of so kind of a quick story here um so when when Ryan and I first got into uh, when we first got into musky fishing, 
we we didn't know there's a lot of nuances to uh to musky fishing and there's some there, i don't know there's some uh some things within the musky community that are like taboo you know and, and some things that are not and there are some people that are hardcore about it and uh especially when it comes to fish handling and things like that so like you know, having the fish out of the water for a certain period of time or bump boarding them. Oh man, I don't, I, I can't even believe I said bump boarding because there's probably going to yeah. be, there's probably somebody is going to comment on me even mentioning a bump board. <laughs> you know, bump boarding is essentially a board to measure the fish where you pull the fish out of the water and you place it on this board to measure the fish. And it's a quick way to get a measurement so that you're not sitting there laying it on the floor of your boat or something like that. But it, it, it was designed in order to get a quick measurement on a fish and to not harm with the least amount of harm necessary to the fish. Anyway, um, there's, uh, within the muskie community, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks who like are overly, I I believe to be overly, um, cautious when it comes to handling fish. Like I I, I don't even think they want you to look at the muskie. Like (laughs) it gets nuts. And anyway, we were, we were a member of a a couple different forums. We were actually a member of the Michigan muskie Alliance for a long time. And at one point on one of these forums, I don't think it was MMA, but it was a, it was one of these other forums. I think Um, it was Michigan outdoorsman. We did it it was something like that. Like somebody was like, Somebody posted a picture of a muskie, and he wasn't holding it correctly or something like that, or he wasn't holding it perfectly, yeah, I don't know, horizontal or something like that. And somebody commented, one of them trolls commented and said, you know, made some smart-ass comment about how, you know, you're you're going to – you're stressing the fish too hard or you're going <laughs> to hurt the fish by, you know, not supporting yeah. the belly enough, whatever it was. And uh, so Ryan immediately comments with uh, – uh, so what is the best way to full or what, or I don't know, what was it? What was the, what's the best batter to, yeah. what's the best batter for cooking a muskie yeah. and knowing fully well, like we, we, uh, we obviously are catch and release muskie fishermen. We yeah. do not keep muskie. If it, you keep a muskie and it's a legal fish, I, I'm not going to judge you. The, it was it, for it, the, it, it was for the trolls that were trolling this yeah, guy. Who he, was, of, he was trolling the trolls. Instead of celebrating his catch, they were trolling him because he wasn't holding it right. That shit pisses me off. You know, it just, I just, yeah, okay, this guy, yeah, he's not holding the muskie right. Shut up and, and just let him have his moment, right? He posted because he wanted people to celebrate his success, right? No, they're going to troll him and say he's not holding it right and, yeah, whatever. Or that that fish probably died yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, Idiots. I hate that stuff. Now, you got me all fired up. You were fired so up last it, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up this one. So so when people get fired up about this, this is my argument against that, right? This, so this is my argument against all the musky fishermen out there that are talking about you shouldn't target fish too early. You shouldn't target fish in the hot water in, in, in hot temperatures where the water temperature is too high because the fish are too stressed. Or you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't hold them this way. You shouldn't whatever, Right. Here's my comment to you. If you are so worried about stressing a fish, what the, I'm just going to say it, what the fuck are you fishing for them for? Why even target them? Why are you targeting a muskie if you're afraid of killing it? If you're afraid of killing a fish, you're in the wrong damn sport, man. Go do something else. That's my, that's my soapbox, yeah. man. I'm going to get off it here real quick because I, I know I'm probably going to piss some people off. <laughs> We're going to do another podcast oh, just man, on that, soapboxes. It, it gets, it, it, it gets I'm, my... I'm getting... 
getting fired up. That but. shit gets my goat, man. Like I am all about <laughs> fair chase. Get out there, go musky fish. Go out there and yeah. enjoy the sport. Catch a fish. Handle it yeah. as well as you can so that you can preserve the fishery because they are a tough fish to catch, and there's few yeah. of them. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can to learn what you can in order to handle musky. We've t- we've handled a bunch of them, so it's it, you know, and we and we do that every single time that we get out there, but. For you guys that want to troll other people and and just destroy somebody's success by getting by throwing out your stupid ass opinion, man, go somewhere okay. else, bro. Go somewhere else. I, nobody, nobody's ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> ain't nobody I got time tell, for that. Uh, I can tell by your voice, both of you, that you're awfully fired up, and I think I know of a way to chill out and cool off a bit. How's that? Snort. <laughs> And that's why we do the snort, so we can calm down. Oh, man. Uh, Jason, I got one more for you. All right. All right, Desert Island. You're on a desert island with Tom Hanks and Wilson, and you can only take three lures out of your musky box. What are you picking? Three lures out of my musky box? A musky box? And you can, you can say, and it's got to be... Let's go specific. If you're talking category, brand it. Is this a musky island? What it doesn't like, matter. So it's it's an island. We don't know what's in the water. It's so an island somewhere in the Great Lakes so we can three, catch fish that we know how to catch. So I need to take three musky lures with me? <laughs> Whatever you want. Three or, lures. Or, or any lures. Three lures. I was going to say, lures. if you, if three you limited lures. it. Let's go with three if lures. You, if yeah. you limited it to I had to take three musky lures, I would just take my musky it'd, box. It'd be, three in there. it'd be your Tupperware box you brought up north. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Three three lures. Okay. But remember, you're on an island. You don't have your boat. Okay. I don't have my <laughs> boat. Yep. Well... <clears throat> I think I would have one lure, which would be a red and white daredevil. Boom. That'd be one choice. The other choice would be a black and silver Rapala. Nice. That's classic. Three. I think number three is going to be... I'm just going to have – so let me paint a picture for you here. <laughs> You're at the gas station, and they've got a little display of fishing lures. And typically they have a board, a card cardboard deal with a bunch oh, of these lined no, up. Oh, no. Come on. I'm going for, I'm going for a – it's going to be black – with a white line on the Nobody top. catches fish on that. And it's going to be a K and E bass stopper. Oh my God. I've got so many of those still in the package that I've never thrown. What is it? The bass Weedless. stopper. You get them free the at every fishing show you go to. <laughs> is it's it a, like a rubber worm? It's a rubber worm with like six hooks in it. Oh. Pre rigged. Oh yeah. Oh man. Hey. There's my three. It, it might, it know. might work. It might work. I don't to, know. To each his own. All right, Bob, you're three. Uh, number one, white spit. I feel spit. like I just listed – sorry to cut you off, Bob. I think I just listed my first three lures ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, white white spitterbait. Just a white spitterbait with a willow blade Good on choice. it. I, I, you can't go wrong with it. 
I was trying to go more old school. I'm sure I could use it if I'm on the, I'm on, if I'm on some desert island in the ocean. I'm sure I could probably catch something yeah. on it in the ocean. Um, number two, going to be a MEP spinner. Probably number three. What do they call that? Was that Aglia or the? Is it going to be the one with the little rubber fish on it? No, the no, comet. no, no, not the comet. The comet. No, no little bucktail on the back is okay. Now, now that's but when you no, know I'm, I'm a go, fishing nerd. I know. I just knew that was called the comet. That uh, yep. I'm I just gonna, nerded out. No, I'm gonna go with the uh, the gold blade with the yellow and red, uh, like kind of bumpy center with the treble hook on the back. Just a standard map spinner. So that's two spinner baits. And then uh, probably my third, if I got to go with a lure and not, I, I, I kind of like his worm idea because something more natural might be like something, you probably can catch more off that than anything, honestly. But uh, if, if if I got to pick my go-to uh, after that, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go red and white daredevil. It's, it's just, I mean, survival uh, situation. There's, there's, got, there's a I, theme here. I, again, it depends. Like, what are we talking? What kind of weather conditions are we talking here? What kind of? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Red and white daredevil. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> you know the weather conditions are going to change. So, right. You're going to be right. is this a, a is this yeah. is this desert island in the Pacific or is this island like? Bullshit island up in no, it's, uh, it's actually on, a, on Lake of the Woods. It's a desert. It's a desert island in Houghton Lake, Michigan. <laughs> desert island. It's going to randomly appear. <laughs> See, so here's the thing: I all of those places that you've listed, Bob, on where this could be. I don't see why a wet, red and white daredevil wouldn't work yet. Exactly. Yeah. Ocean, Houghton Lake, Lake of the Woods, red and white daredevil. Right. Yep. So th- those are my three maps. Uh, a standard white spinnerbait. I've. I don't know. I've I've got so many tore up white spinnerbaits. It's nuts. So a white spinnerbait, maps, and uh, and a daredevil. That's it. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna completely change it up here. And say a I'm thinking of that. I hope you say. If you say frog, I'm throwing you out of here. Well, that frog's a good one. A frog is a good one. It, yeah, because at least I get some excitement here. with that top water smash. What's the duck? What's the name of the duck? The suicide duck. Suicide. It is not it because I've never caught a fish on that till this year. Yeah. Bold prediction two point Um, it's got to be a red and white daredevil. That's my go-to. Um, so if anybody's listening and you don't have it, a red and white daredevil, you need to. I mean, we've caught everything on it. So red and white daredevil for sure. Uh, it's going to be a white spender bait. Yep. Um, just it's got to be a go-to. Um, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. And I'm going to go Senko Worm. Green See, pumpkin <laughs> Senko Worm. Because for those finesse situations that you need that. Because I've caught pike on them. I've caught bass on them. And in my land, there's pike and, and bass in my desert island. So. I, you know, yeah, I I, those are my go-to's. My... If I if I could go out on a lake and I only had three lures, I'm taking the spinnerbait for some blade action. I'm taking uh, it's a toss-up between a daredevil and, and a, a rapala, not rapala, a rapala. Um, just either one of those is tried and true. Uh, but for me, it'd be daredevil and then uh, a single worm just for those slower situations, slow days. I've caught a lot on bombers as well. Bomber's good for sure, but Rapala, you know, it's just got the name. If you want yeah. a, uh, if you want a stick bait that doesn't quite run perfect, get yourself a nice rebel. Yeah. Rebel, yep, rebel, rebel. 
Um, that's funny that you said Cinco when I was, I mean, this is a survival situation, right? That's why I had to go with the old bass stopper, yep. but, um, throw, you know, throw me on an inland lake in Michigan and say, we're going fishing and my Tupperware container will have a Cinco in it. <laughs> For sure. Green pumpkin. I do like green pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That, 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 that lured money, man. Like I've caught so many fish on that in, in every condition. It's the easiest way. If anybody wants to get into worm fishing, it's easy. It doesn't get any easier than a wacky rig with a Senko worm. Gary Yamamoto. Yep. My fiance had a little fishing tournament at work and they went out to someone's pond and she said, I need you to help me. I need to win. And I gave her (laughs) a wacky rig Senko and she caught the biggest bass, like a 16 inch bass. She won. There you go. Nice. Nice. Tried and true. Yep. Well, good stuff. Um, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Um, keep them coming because we're, we're going to do some a Q&A um, on a regular basis um, just to kind of answer your questions. So that's what we got over the first couple episodes. So, um, you know, send them through, a su- through social media, um, you know, or text us or email us or, or, or whatever method you want or talk to us in person when you see us on the lake and tell us your questions you want us to, to wrap about. But uh jason what do you got to wrap this up well let's see slowly starting to get back out in the world <laughs> we got to get um, you down here in the next couple of weeks i know it so yeah we need to get face to face yeah we, we uh, got a busy one. month coming up between turkey season we've got our our big pike trip we got opener yep. the opener um in, in michigan is the last saturday in april um, I mean, in Turkey's, uh, what next week is when Turkey season yeah. opens. So some of those first tags. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'll start using some of that PTO from work. <laughs> there you go. Um, next weekend I have penciled in. So the Lund was getting a little work done on the motor. Um, and so next weekend, I think we're going to, we might be splashing that next weekend for a little shakedown cruise. There you go. So, all right. All right. All right. So we also had a uh, bold prediction 2.0. Was it, wasn't that supposed to happen? Well, we gave her a bold prediction. Were we or were we doing another bold prediction? This no, we no, got to figure out. So what we what we the audience for? Uh... <laughs> yeah, so we're polling the audience to see what we need to what the wager is if we don't complete these bold predictions. That's that's what it was. Yeah, we're yeah. supposed to come. We're supposed to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, so we'll give it another week because we just aired that uh, that episode yesterday. So we'll give it some time when everybody listens to that episode. Um, give us your feedback and ideas of what our wager can be. We'll make it fun. I'm going to lose my job this year trying to catch a muskie on casting <laughs> and a public land a public land buck. <laughs> well, the public land, land buck, like I said, you uh, you better come up north with us. Are you hunting public land around your cabin? I think I asked you that. Well, this year I am. Well, now you are because of bold prediction. I just took you off that private, you know, crop that yeah. crop farm that you've been hunting. Yeah, Jason might not be bagging two bucks this year. So. I'm interested to see uh, how your season goes if that's the uh, if that's the target. Well, I want to see Bob's. He's, he called out a ten point buck. Or 150 incher. Yeah, I was going to say you slipped up. <laughs> did, did I say 150 inch? I haven't listened to that podcast yeah, back again. I don't know. Yes, we called you out. Oh my after god! You ranted. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm totally against measuring your deer and inches. And then he's like, couldn't 
see it, but Ryan and I, our mouth just hit the floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jaws yeah. drop when you actually called out the inches of your buck after you just I ranted about that. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but hey, so you, if, you got to get yeah, a hundred and fifty inch buck and a fifty inch mouse. You need two hundred inches this year. That's career goal. Yeah, you know what that? Oh, but it, no. I, I've oh, had I've had some pretty I've had some good years like that though where I've I've produced mm-hmm. I've produced so um, I'm I'm just hoping we, that I can get out enough this year in order to try to make uh, those bold predictions a reality. So well, we're starting strong since we haven't been on the <laughs> yeah, water. We're starting yet, strong. So. We were supposed to fish this morning and uh, we both slept in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we needed it. Yeah, we needed we, it. Get I, a little R and R. I hope that I shoot a buck that has more inches of antler than the longest muskie i catch <laughs> there you go <laughs> there, yeah, yeah yeah that's a dude that I would have been a to... solid prediction right there like yeah. i'm gonna catch <laughs> i'm gonna shoot a buck that's bigger in inches of antler than the muskie i yeah. catch and then i think we could roll that in in the future because you know this is going to go for many 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 years oh for sure one year one even year, if we, we lose all of our listeners we're still doing this <laughs> yeah it, it, there'll be three <laughs> listeners left it, it, and like it's going to be said, us three it gives you, it gives the three of us a reason to get together once a week and talk hunting and fishing right so right. we're doing this whether people listen or not we appreciate them listening but we're doing it anyway so um i i really think that i am committed to throwing some money in the pot Ooh. to get it started. Ooh. We should have a little slush fund that we put together so that whatever buck you shoot this fall, Ryan, goes on the wall. <laughs> hey, there you go. There I you go. Would, I mean, it would offset the cost. We're going to start a GoFundMe right? for <laughs> Ryan's buck yeah. he hasn't killed yet. I don't care what it is. Um, it could be I'm actually going to start buck. OnlyFans to fund that. <laughs> I thought you already had one. He's just going to show pictures of his feet. <laughs> Oh, if you think, want to see pictures of my feet, it's. <laughs> uh, that's I think gross. that would be hilarious. That's gross. Regardless of what it is, button buck to a one fifty inch ten. I kind of want to shoot a, a spike. I'm going for the. Uh, uh, what'd you call it? Oh, the Michigan eleven point. <laughs> oh yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Solid. Uh, oh man. That's good. <laughs> I sh- I should have made that my bold prediction. I'm going to shoot a hundred inch spike. Jesus, wow. it's an elk. It's yeah, actually an elk. that's literally an elk. It is, uh, yeah, yeah. That'll be one of our future years' bold prediction. I've still been applying for for an elk tag every year, so one of these years, and boy, is that going to be some content. I think once year we should have a competition that says who can shoot the spike with the longest antlers. Oh, that, that I mean. Oh man, we are upsetting like, so many people right now. So many people are just like, I'm so let him go, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> Who well, can I... shoot the smallest doe? Oh God! Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I saw lots of those last year. All right, before we go down that rabbit hole. All right, I think let's let's do our our celebratory final snort. Oh. Jason, you got yours up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got an ear horn back there? Steve will love it. It's all out of juice. I'm going to take the corner out for our viewers. Jesus, that's not. Do it, do it. That's a guzzler. We're going to finish this on ear. Take the corner out. 
There you go. All right. Boys, any final comments? Uh, uh, I don't really have anything, man. All right. Uh, all right. Well, till next time. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Please follow us on all of our social media. Make sure you like and subscribe uh, to this podcast on whatever platform. It is on every major platform now. Um, and please leave us a review or just give us your feedback. We want it. We want to make this better, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. We want to hear it. All right. Until next time, get outdoors. Don't be terrible. <laughs>